It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Joining me on the podcast today is Dathan Ritzenhein, three-time Olympian and coach of the On Athletics Club. Just got back from a very busy week, a couple weeks actually, in Eugene, Oregon at the U.S. Olympic Trials. Dathan, thanks for coming on and making time. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's uh, good to be able to be back here in Boulder after a crazy couple of weeks in Eugene, but uh, we had a lot of highs, a lot of lows, and uh, but we really, uh, we really crushed it. The team showed up and uh, we got a few more Olympians, I think, getting announced here pretty soon. And so we uh, had a really good couple of weeks. Yeah. How would you assess all of it? It's obviously a very emotional time at the Olympic trials, a lot of ups and downs, but now that you've had a little bit of time to decompress, what did you think of the group's performance overall? Well, they showed up, you know, it was, it was pretty impressive. Uh, you know, like I always, you know, I had a lot of faith and belief in them and um, we kind of mapped out the whole year and starting, you know, a whole group and, um, you know, it took a lot of big leap of faith to kind of join, you know, join on and, and buy into that. But uh, they really were, they were great all year and they really stuck to the plan. And so when we showed up, I knew they were all ready and, um, you know, our, our international athletes were doing good and running well, but, uh, the U S trials is such a, such a huge stage. And, you know, like even some of our athletes, I think Ollie and Jordy were saying afterwards is like the U S trials, it's hard to really, uh, convey what, how big that is to maybe other people around the world and stuff. It's, it is really like, I mean, for the U S athletes, it's in some ways, it's almost bigger than the Olympics, you know, for a lot mm -hmm. of them. I mean, some people win medals and stuff, but it's such a huge stage. And so, when they uh, when they actually produced on on the on the race days, it was pretty awesome to see. And it was your first experience with the trials as a coach. When you go in in that capacity, is it more nerve wracking? Less? Does it immediately bring back memories of the times you went through it? Yeah, it's more nerve wracking for sure. <laughs> um, I think the biggest part, the biggest difference, you know is that, uh, you know, when the gun goes off as an athlete, there's no nerves anymore. I mean, you're just in it. Like it's, you know, like you, you don't have time to think it, but you know, watching like Joe and Alicia for 25 laps, it was like, Oh my gosh, it's like nothing I say or do matters now. It's only the stuff that happened before. And so it's really up to them. And, uh, but they were, they were incredible. And, um, you know, that was, uh, that was something I was pretty proud of watching them just really execute and, um, and really, really stick to their game plan and, um, and put out really tough performances. I mean, Alicia's performance was just epic. Um, and, uh, and, you know, they rolled with the punches a little bit, you know, knowing that, um, you know, there was going to be some, uh, you know, like change in the, the weather and the, you know, the heats being all over the place for the women's 10 and, and Joe just, you know, like he really just stayed right in it state was very confident in his ability to close and, and then, of course, with Leah, it was just, uh, you know, there was some immense heartbreak there, but uh, she really was incredible and, um, and you know, showed a lot of poise, I think, afterwards, especially as she gave it, she got up and, and really went for it again and gave it everything she, she could, even with the, what was, you know, what happened with, with the 700 meters to go. So I was just really proud of them for that. And then, uh, I mean, we, but, you know, we were in the hospital twice with Sage, she breaking her arm yeah. and 
Alicia, you know, like heat exhaustion. I mean, it was, I, I got done with, uh, you know, left the hospital on Saturday night when we were done with everything. And I was, I was like a shell of a person pretty much. So I needed a day or two to sleep it off and recharge. And then I, but I'm ready to go and feel, feel excited for them for Tokyo. Yeah. Your Olympic trials in retrospect as an athlete were pretty smooth, right? <laughs> I mean, there weren't, unless I'm forgetting something, there weren't multiple, uh, hospital trips or, I mean, yeah, you know, that's the, you know, I think that, you know, like you have like one thing you think about as an athlete and it's that race day, you focus on yourself, but you know, I think for me that, that was the biggest, you know, like we had a lot of people there and a lot of people there supporting too, just the rest, we brought the whole rest of the team, except for Alicia Konchek cause she was running her, the Polish uh, trials, which she made that team uh, the same day as the Leo was running the final. And so we had the whole team there. We announced some new signs uh, that we had Morgan McDonald and Sage Herda and Carmela Baez. And so there was just like, there was just so much going on that uh, <laughs> luckily I had some good support, some good uh, support crew there. And, um, but it was busy. It was, uh, it was, it was a, it wasn't a one day thing. It was 12 days whirlwind. <laughs> With Leah, I mean, we've all seen the video now. I saw the, the post-race interview. And I think in the interview, she mentioned afterwards, the thing that she most wanted to do was just was talk to you, right? Yeah. And she hits the barrier with two to go. She, she catches back up, but runs out of gas. When she comes to you to have that conversation, I mean, what are you drawing on to find the right words in that, in that situation? Because you're relatively new at, at, at coaching. You've been around running, though for decades like how do you find the right thing to say in that situation i mean, honestly i don't think i said anything i just grabbed her and hugged her and hugged her for a long time and um was, like there was nothing to say like uh in the moment you know like i think you know afterwards you know later on you know we talked but like there was nothing to say like she just uh it was it was kind of it was devastating but like uh but i think we knew we knew that she was fit and um and so the, that's the hardest part is not, you know, like, and, you know, that's, that is the, the Olympic trials for the U S you know, like it doesn't matter what happens. Like if you're, uh, you know, sick or, you know, you're injured or mm -hmm. you fall or whatever it is, it's, it's cutthroat, you know, it's uh, top three, no matter what. And so, um, she got back, you know, like after a couple of days, we had the opportunity that she's going to run Stockholm this weekend. And, you know, part of me wondered, you know, is she going to like, you know, getting back up for that. She, she invested, like she was a hundred percent in and, and vision, like she, she was ready to make the team. So, but she also knows like she's in the best shape she's ever been in. And, um, and so that was the hard in the moment. And so when I grabbed her, I hugged her and I just held her for 10 minutes probably. And I mean, just, we just sat there and cried and it was hard to watch that go by. And then afterwards we were walking, it was just me and her walking back to the um to the on house and, and we knew everybody was going to be there and mm -hmm. we just walked just the two of us quietly and just talked about like she's like I, it feels like someone died you know like it just and mm. i was like it's it is kind of like that i mean it's probably gonna hurt for a long time you know you'll think about this for a long you might think about this every day you know but um but time will heal all wounds like it does you know and and i think the what happened afterwards for her was, you know, there was some self-reflection too on how far she's come. And, um, and I tell her that even now, I was like, look, you're 28. Like you didn't run much very well for three, three, four years. Like you're back to that place. Now there's no reason that this can't be your time, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I know it's hard to watch it go by. 
But the difference between now and 2016, you know, uh, five years ago for her is that she's walking away healthy in the best shape of her life, excited versus being broken and not knowing where she's going. And so, uh, yeah, that's just hard to watch it go by, though. But then those those minutes, uh, I think, I, I don't know. I don't know. I cried for hours that night, probably. I just couldn't stop. <laughs> I'd think about it. I'd see her. I'd just, you know, see other people. And um, and I think uh, there's just a lot of emotional investment, you know, mm-hmm. especially like for me, with watching her go from where where she was to where she is now. It's, uh, it, you know, like I wanted to, her to have that moment, but I'm also just, yeah, I'm just proud of where she's where she's at now. Did any of your experiences running, any of your results bring out that sort of emotion in your career? I mean, getting fourth at the marathon trials for me was similar. I think, um, you know, I come back from two surgeries and things like that. Um, and to get fourth, you know, like, but I got fourth, you know, getting beat by people like, like I just like Abdi and Meb and Ryan, they beat me on that day and that was hard. And, um, and for her, you know, like that's part of the steeplechase is like, you have to be focused. You have to be like rated to the end, you know, it's just a different variable in the race and, um, her fitness was there. And I think, you know, like, you know, like momentary lapses of focus can sometimes be catastrophic in that event. And, uh, but she rallied back and, and, uh, and I know that her fitness is good. And so that in that way, it's similar to mine. I knew my fitness was good and I came back and I made the Olympic team in the 10 K. Um, I had to, but it was literally, I think I took one day off and I was like back to training. And so I'm proud to see where she's at too, doing the same thing. She's like, she knows she's fit. So what can we do right now? Like we can go over and we can run this diamond league race that we're, you know, going to have a great opportunity to, to run well against a great field. I mean, I mean, that's what, you know, best athletes do that. Kate Grace just yesterday ran mm-hmm. 157, you know, like after, um, you know, thinking, you know, she was in the final, thought she'd make the 800 team and you fly over two days later and you, you crush it. And that's what, she, you know, and so I think that it's not always the right plan to just move on to something else, but when you know you're fit and you can have perspective you mm-hmm. can use that. You can also use that energy, like, you know, for a small period of time. Eventually, you know, like that pain wears wears off. But if you can harness that energy, you can do something really good. You know, and and, and I think I'm hoping that she'll go there and do that. Mm-hmm. Looking at your group, you got a really big roster, and you mentioned you added more people. You got people from all over the globe too. Uh, so I got two questions on this. One: How do you keep track? of what everybody's doing, all the qualifying standards. Like, yeah, I'm, I follow this for a living. Right. But it's to like, you need to know what the, when the Polish championships are, what the Australian rankings are like, like figuring out the world athletics ranking system. seems to be a full-time job. So my first question is how do you keep all that straight and making sure you're giving the best information to your athletes? Well, I mean, I think uh, part of it is just, this is the world I know, I guess it's been 16 years of doing this. And, um, and so, uh, well, it's, I've only been a year with this team, you know, coaching this team. Uh, I mean, this is just the world I know. I know all their, I know all their managers, all their agents. And, uh, I just, I go all the time. Like, I mean, my, my brain is like just all the time going. And so I just, I don't clock in and clock out. Like it's just kind of going all day. And then, um, I try to spend a little bit of, indi- I just try to spend individual time with all of them. I think that that's something that's important, whether it's sneaking out and doing a run with one with them, or we can talk or having meetings. I got meetings with them today to talk about, you know, they, a lot of them, if they're not going to Tokyo, they like, what does August and September look like, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I try to, 
I just put a lot of time into it, I think. And, you know, it's, it's like, um, it's like a starting a new business in some ways, you know, like, that's what I keep saying to people. It's like, you have to really like be all in and invested and, um, and it's not enough to just show up at the track, do the workouts. Like the training honestly is the easy part. Like I, I mean, I, I, I don't think that that's like, you have to, like, I, I have my own theories and, you know, and things that we do in uh, practice, but like, for me, it's easy to sit down and do that and know how to get them fit and get them ready. But it's knowing all the moving parts, I think, for each individual athlete, because, yeah, we, we're a very international team. I think about 50, about 50 percent, you know, U.S. runners, 50 percent international. And so signing the new new runners, I mean, that'll that'll definitely maybe it makes a little bit more work. But we also have all the infrastructure set up now, which we had to build last year. So now my original eight members are, are they're very self-sufficient and they know how I work and I know how they work and we, we can go very well together. Whereas the new people, it'll be some learning, you know, and, and they'll figure out, you know, and I'll figure out them and, and they'll, they'll settle right in. And yeah, I mean, eventually we'll, you know, we we'll always have to change things and stuff, but you know, like I, I just, uh, I have a, I have a good grasp. I mean, I have a lot of energy. I used to run train a lot. I was known as being a crazy trainer. So like, now I run 40 miles a week. Uh, and so I spend, uh, I have a lot of energy to give. And so, um, you know, I'll have a little break probably like the rest of them in September. I think that'll be needed, but, um, my family's fully invested in it and stuff too. And bring my kids to the track if I can on track workout days or to the gym on the weekends, if, uh, if it allows. And, and so, and my wife is an absolute saint. And so I think, uh, that allows me to kind of give it a hundred percent like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have at least 60 miles a week worth of energy left to expend if you're only doing 40, right? Yeah, well, I, I definitely, uh, you know, my, my training load used to be like a big, huge mountain and nothing throughout the day, then a little double. Now it's just all day long, it's just, you know, but, but, uh, but I like it, you know, like I've, I've, I've kept myself fit enough to be able to do workouts with Alicia or something like that. So, you know, that's, uh, I'm slowly going to only get worse uh, in that capacity, <laughs> but hopefully they become, you know, they, they just know me more and more after that. And then they don't need me as much. <laughs> mm-hmm. The other thing I wanted to know is you could have gotten into coaching in a variety of different ways. I know you started in coaching, even when you were still running a little bit, why did you choose this, this path and what are you trying to mold your group after what other groups or what other coaching philosophies or inspirations are you incorporating in, in your group? I think, you know, learning a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the coaching is like interpersonal skills and stuff. And so, you know, having four different distinct coaching, you know, um, philosophies over time, you know, like for me and my own athletic career was helpful because I, 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 maybe I learned things like, you know, at the time, but then, you know, when I helped out at, with, at U of O with Andy Powell and then a lot with Grand Valley State University with Jerry Baltus, like, those things just helped me. I kind of like understand maybe, um, I mean, like Jerry, for like, I mean, they, that team Grand Valley state is, uh, they're an incredible program with not some of the resources that some D2 one or D1 schools have. And really like he's, he just hustles all the time going all the time. And, um, and then, you know, you, you sometimes uh, learn more from less, you know, you know, people that make like now I have like, some of the most talented runners in the world. But, you know, if you, 
he's getting guys running 149 that you never heard of, you know, like in, you know, they weren't good runners in high school and stuff. And so you learn a lot from that, but I really don't think anything you can like, the biggest thing is just having the connection with the athlete because they'll tell you things, you know, like that you can, like a lot of stuff we do is intuitive. And um, if they trust me and believe, you know, what, you know, that I, I'm thinking about their training or I'm thinking about what they need in the moment, then they tend to, they always do well. And I, I feel like I'd make fewer mistakes, you know, like, and if I can minimize some of those, any of those mistakes with them, then, and keep them healthy, like having the team healthy right now. I mean, I have really good support, you know, system for them, but you know, having a full crew of healthy people is that that's uh, in itself is, is hard to do. And so, um, you know, I think, uh, it's just stuff you've picked up over time, but then also like, I mean, it's different from collegiate coaching, you know, like, I don't Mm -hmm. know that I would be good at that, you know, like, I mean, maybe I would, but like, I do really good with a small group. And, um, and so I, I like to have that time with each athlete. And if I don't have that, I feel like something's missing. And so for, as a professional, like athlete, I think that that's super important. Mm -hmm. Who surprised you more, Joe or Alicia with their 10K performance? I don't, you know, like, I guess I, I was very confident with both of them. Um, mm-hmm. Alicia surprised me with how, like, she went absolutely to the well. I mean, Joe was very locked in, very focused. I don't say it didn't take a lot out of him because it did, like, emotionally, and it was a 27-58 race. But, like, I mean, it, like, those three guys were well clear. Like, I mean, they were, they, they can close, you know, like, and mm-hmm. Joe is so strong. Um Alicia, you know, like she had to really stay there in the moment as like, I had to tell her like, look, what's going to happen is like, people are just going to all of a sudden pop off like the back, like it's just going to happen and could be a long time, but I figured it would be a relatively hard pace, you know, like at some point, but it was very early on. And she just, I mean, she, she said that at eight laps to go, she knew she was going to be in trouble, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I mean, to be able to put out that kind of performance when you're, I mean, there's, there's something very special there, you know, like, and, and Joe, I think, uh, he honestly, like he, he, uh, he just believed in his ability, I think so much. And so like, they just both had something special about them like that. And so while it was completely different races, um, they both showed up and that was just, you know, like those are the two, you know, and that's, that's the first guy and first, uh, woman that we we signed on the team and I mean looking at our team now with you know Ollie and um, and Joe and Alicia and I mean like we've just identified the, like the right people and mm-hmm. we saw things in them not necessarily just because of where they were at in college but like mindsets and um, potential and so I think we we recruited the right people in and um, but they they stuck true to it the whole time which was pretty incredible can you tell me more about that process? Because someone like Joe didn't win an NCAA title. So I'm assuming there'd be other people there that you guys could sign with. I mean, I know Alicia won one and she was in the mix for many others. How do you ID talent beyond the PBs and the championship record? Yeah, it's, it's hard, you know, like, especially nowadays we look at things like, I don't, I mean, times are great, you know, like if you run fast, we know you're talented, you know, but, uh, if you can be competitive and you show up every time, like Joe has not had a bad race, you know, mm-hmm. like, and there's something about that, even with him in, in college where we said, 
this guy shows up every time. Now he's, I'm not saying he's surprising me cause I, but he is very fast, which is a lot of people just maybe don't think he is. They think, Oh, he's going to, you know, his mom was an Olympian in the marathon and his dad is ultra runner. He runs and trains a lot. He's going to be a marathoner and he will, like I'm saying like he will, he's that kind of guy, like, but not for a while. And he's, he's, he's got a big future on the track first. And so like he, he was someone we saw that was very, you know, consistent like that and, um, and could show up like day in and day out, which I think is just, that's just a, you know, the consistency is, is king, you know, like in, in, especially in post-collegiate running when you're out of that, you know, maybe uh, super tight, um, tight schedule like you are in college. Right. But I mean, Alicia, like we just, I mean, she was young, you know, like she won Melrose when, ran 8:45 when she was 20 years old and so she didn't have a like a linear you know collegiate career like there was a lot of you know she had some injuries and stuff but i we saw her and was like there's something special there and if we can get her here get her healthy all the time i mean she has uh you know that kind of generational type talent and so um but mentally like you know it surprised me even what she's capable of honestly and so um so she's uh she's they're both something really special and you know, like someone like Ali, I think, you know, he won NCAAs when he was, um, gosh, I mean, he, he was only a sophomore, so he didn't have his last season and something went a little bit wrong, maybe his junior year, but he, the talent was there. And, but you can see like, he, he's a, he, he hates to lose. He's just, he's got a, he's got a fighter mentality, you know, in there. And, and that's something that's super special. I think we're seeing that now in, in all of his races and, um, you know, Jordy Beamish, you know, he was, he he never ran more than forty like seriously forty miles a week probably you know so yeah. like you know like our goal with him like he's not going to be in Tokyo but I told him look if you run let's just get you healthy for a year and the sky is the limit for him and he is pain free running which is something he hasn't had in five years and um, Leah just I knew that there was something special you know there with her like it's just um, you know like I've worked with her enough to I mean and obviously she was an NCAA champion but like building her back to where she is now like yeah so i mean like all of them that we have everybody else has something special you know i could go on about each one of them forever but like um but really they do bring something different to the table each one of them as of this recording is ollie on the team do we know that yet when is this being aired (laughs) next next week so will we know (laughs) yeah we should know by then (laughs) okay so let's pretend let's pretend that he's on the team I mean, I'm watching his races this year, Dathan, and he's running really aggressively. He is showing like he has all the tools to compete um, for a medal. Uh, what are you? What are you seeing from him? Yeah, I mean, Ali is just—he's like laser focused, and um, I think he's wanted this so bad for so long now, and uh, it's just been a long process. It's not like normal, you know. Now we've done everything we could do for him, and he's going to be on the Olympic team. But it was not an easy journey mentally, I think, to get there either. Um, I made the conscious decision after he ran in Gateshead. I was like, look, there is nothing else you can do. Like, I know mm-hmm. you could go and run 329 right now. But, <laughs> like, like, you've already done everything you could do. And uh, so he's trusted me a lot, though. And, and, um, and even going forward now, I, I want him to focus on, like, think you have to – in Tokyo, like, you'll have the prelim – so the first round semi and then the final, like it's a long, like this is a long week of, and so we're going to prepare you specifically for that. I don't want to race 
every race he's gone out there, he's been, I got to prove myself to get on this team. I got to prove myself to get on this team. And he's never had like one of those, you know, Doha Monaco type perfect races. But, um, but the, you can see it in, you know, if he's running these times in, you know, in the rain of Oregon or horrible weather. And he's like, he's competing well with Ingebrigtsen and these guys. And so like everything is there. So now he just needs to focus. Like I told him, we have to step back and we have to train like you're on the team because we can't continue to do this for the next two months mm-hmm. and have you get there and not have the men- Like I need you to re- restock the mental bank here. And he's done that. He's just itching. He's ready to go. So now we got a couple of weeks before he heads off to Tokyo and, and he's going to be ready to go. Mm-hmm. I don't from college. I don't remember him being that aggressive. Like I remember him as a kicker. Maybe that's just because, I mean, I covered a lot of big 10 championships, so he ran a lot of races and he was in the 5k and the indoor and the 3k, but it seems like you guys have discovered something here that he, you know, running 332 lead. I don't need to tell you this, but like leading the last two laps and running 332 is pretty rare. Yeah. He, and, and I think, uh, he knows how to race, which is good. And that's part of the reason we're not like racing the heck out of him in Europe right now. Like he does need to, he just need, he needed to be fit enough to be able to go for it. And that was what this last year was, is let's put in the the fitness level. Like, I mean, he, we, we bumped up some, and some workout volume for sure. And, but he has a, like a unique ability and like his speed doesn't deteriorate away by not doing a lot of speed. So now like we can come back to it, you know, over this next month and it's, it's our, it's still there. Um, but we did, we needed to get him to the point where you're strong enough to be able to do that. And I think that's probably what he lacked a little bit. It was, and a part of it was just getting older. I mean, Mick did a great, a, a great job with him at, uh, Wisconsin and he thrived off from very basic things, you know, fart licks and hills and stuff. And, and so I tried to make sure that he has those things still, but like he also steps on the track and he can do some ridiculous workouts. And so like that stuff's starting to give him the confidence now, I think too, that, um, you know, like he could, he can go on a sub three thirty pace or he can, he can kick up, you know? And so he, you have to be able to do both. We don't know if chariot's going to be in the race or not. And if he is, we'll be ready for that. If he's not, and it's kicking with the kickers, we'll do that, you know, but like we have to be prepared. And so, um, I think this month has been, is, is important for us to be able to kind of focus on those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, two real quick ones about your career and your contemporaries before I let you go. Uh, I graduated in 2002 from high school. So obviously I've been immersed in the literature of Ritz Webb and Hall. And the question that I always get, and people always want to know who had, the better career but the more interesting question is not who had the better career but whose career would you have wanted to have out of the three so i'm going to take i'm going to take you out of it but i want you to give me your thoughts on alan's career or ryan's career not which one was better but which one do you think just just was more fun well you know it's funny because alan and, and ryan and myself have become good friends so now over the course of many years of being you know attached at the hip and and uh <laughs> Alan, you know, I trained with Alan for a little while too, you know, like, and, uh, we all had our like hardships and, you know, bright moments, but they, they both burned really hot when they were, when they were going. I mean, when, when, and both of them were very similar, like they, they could really like, they could, they could do something special when the, when they really were, were, um, on fire, like, like Ryan at the marathon trials. I mean, he was just out of this world impressive. And then, uh, yeah, you know, same thing with like, uh, um, 
with uh with Allen, like I was there when he broke the American record in the mile. I mean, it was just him and like three guys, and you know, like by the end, I don't even know if those guys finished hardly. You know, like in the middle of the woods with like a hundred people watching. And so, um, you know what? I I think uh, I'd take either one of those guys' careers too. They were pretty impressive. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, you also crossed paths with a, a bunch of legends, uh, Kipchoge and Bekele. Do you have a favorite Kipchoge or Bekele story? Man, um, yeah, I raced them a lot. I guess. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, like mostly, most of the time when I race those guys, they, they beat the crap out of me. So <laughs> I only really saw their bet. I think I beat Kipchoge in a cross country race maybe once. And, uh, Vakili maybe, maybe when he was injured or something like that. But those guys, I mean, talk about the, probably the two, two of the, two of the top five best, you know, distance runners of all time. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. They, and, you know, Kipchoge has always reminded me, you know, like of a very humble warrior, you know, like that someone who very focused, very calm, uh, great competitor, but also someone who always kept them, you know, kept a, kept a very level head on, on himself. And, and I think Bakili, he grew to be much more, um, you know, humble over the years, but like, when, I mean, I, when I, my first Olympics, you know, I, I, I dropped out with a broken foot and, uh, and I dropped out at like 8K and I watched the last mile of the, of that 10K in Athens mm-hmm. and watched Bikili run like 53 his last lap. And I just, from the tracks, I was standing on the side of the track. And I was like, my God, this guy is incredible. And that was the start of my professional career. And that's the kind of stuff that always inspired me to keep going, you know, is how, how impressive the, those other competitors were. And you have to have that to be able to push you to be your best really. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time, uh, Dathan, and congrats on your team's accomplishments, not just at the U.S. Olympic trials, but all throughout the world. And uh, best of luck as you guys uh, prepare for your meets this summer in Tokyo. Cool. Thank you.